Hello, my dear friends, and welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. Got some around the league updates for you guys today. But first, are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip and saves you up to 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, golf, nightlife, transportation, and much more. Visit guystriplive.com. Make sure to use the code FIT, that's F-I-T, for an additional 10% off your fee today. That's Guys Trip. Just show up. So ladies and gentlemen, we are heading into week three of the NFL preseason. With that, unfortunately, comes some bad news, some injuries, but also some positive news, some trades, buzz from training camp and from practices all from around the league. That's where we come in to save the day, Tom. So on today's show, just me and Tom, we got myself, Joe D'Amico here, your host, give you the best fantasy football advice that I can. And of course, joining me as always is the doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ, to take a deep dive into the injuries, providing you with absolute, this is what Tom does, top-notch analysis on recovery uh, timeframes, how these players will be affected. Tom, with a lengthy intro here, make sure you follow this guy. He's growing slowly over on X at Fantasy Injury T. That's Fantasy Injury and the letter T. Tom, how are you, man? What's going on? Are we dropping the Twitter title now? I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. I don't know if I'm ready to make the switch to call it to referring to it as X. Last, I think, two or three shows, I wrote Twitter and then parentheses X. I think we're ready. I think the world is ready. I've stared at that black thing long enough, the black background with the white X long enough on my phone. I I think I'm ready. I don't understand why their logo is so like daunting looking. It does not make me happy. The, The little bird used to make me happy. I think if you didn't know what X was and, and you came back to that, you I don't know what. <laughs> there's a lot of things that come through my mind when I see that, but certainly not Twitter, uh, certainly not the bird. All right, Tom, a lot of news. So we got news. We're not, we're not going to go in any specific order today. Just going to kind of fly around the league here. Let's start with Joe Burrow. So dealing with the calf strain, read some reports, Tom. I'll let you get into it here. Apparently looks good. Uh, I've seen that, but is this correct? Hasn't practiced? in a while right has it's been close to a month since he's practiced i saw july 27 tell us about joe burrow what's going on here he looks really really good um we saw a glimpse of it a week ago when they had a preseason game he didn't play in but he was warming up and the things that i was specifically looking for so this is his right leg right calf injury meaning it's the leg that he creates all his force from when he goes to throw the ball so it's not just an issue with running it's for a Right-handed quarterback, a right-handed calf injury is going to be a throwing, potentially throwing issue too. But we could see him, it looked like he was throwing 30, 35 yards in warm-ups, and this was now over a week ago. And the specific things I was looking for is, is he pushing off that back leg? Well, yes, he was. Was he loading through that leg? What, do, what I mean by that is, is his foot bending as as he winds up and it was his foot and ankle was bending appropriately that's going to stretch the calf and really load the calf muscle the calf works almost like a elastic spring so it stretches and then recoils to create force everything checked out just fine we saw some glimpses of him jogging too this tells us that he's progressing tremendously um i have very low concern for him being available week one and producing at full capacity initially when his injury happened i was a little concerned that he might not have his full throw power for a couple weeks but i think he's going to be there now he seems like he's progressing much faster than we thought now he will have a slight increased 
uh, recurrence risk. We know that calf injuries, about a 14 to 16% recurrence in athletes. That's going to be lower for a pocket passer, though. And if he was Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, I'd be a little more concerned. But at this point, I think you can draft him where you were planning on drafting him pre-injury. Totally with you. I, I share your very little concern for Joe Burrow. Do you think, I mean, I, I don't even think it's worth it, but you think he gets in a preseason game? He's a guy that doesn't need it, but you think he no. would be able to? I mean, you said he'll be good for week one. Would he be able to? Yeah, but will they? No, I don't think they will. Okay. Yeah, precaution. And and I'm with you. And I remember Tom Couple, I mean, when was he hurt? Got hurt like a month ago, a little over a month ago. It's been whatever. It's been a, a decent amount of time. I remember when the news first came out and I immediately in my head, I was like, okay, now Jamar Chase is like end of the first, like sliding these guys. But Tommy just gave a perfect update. He looks like he's going to be okay for the start of the season. And I think if any of your league mates, I know Tom, you got a big draft coming up on Monday, your league mates or our league, anybody's league mates, if they're willing to give you a discount on any piece of this Bengals offense, because Joe Burrow hasn't practiced, I think you take it. You rush to it like it's a sale, like it's a Black Friday sale or the big smile on your face. Like if anybody's willing to let Burrow slide or gosh, Chase or Higgins or Mixon, I think you take it. Um, you're not worried, Tom. I'm not worried. I mean, listen, Joe Burrow led the league. Pretty interesting statistics. He led the league last year in on-target percentage. Guy throws dots, man. Doesn't even need to be mobile, right? Um, did that for the last two seasons. Finished second last year in completion percentage. He's also in his fourth year now. So if this is a guy, Burrow, right? We talked about this. If this is his first year, second year, I'm worried that he's not going through the practices, and I'm worried that he's not you know, getting exposure in preseason. Fourth year now. Last two years, man, his numbers are crazy. Or last two years, through 34 and 35 touchdowns. I mean, he could go this year, guys, 4,800 yards for 40 touchdowns. I mean, he could be a top three, four quarterback. Uh, you know, I think it's pretty fair where you draft him. And and one of the last things here, Tom, why I could see improvement is 27. I didn't know this. Burrow throws a lot around the line of scrimmage. Burrow last year, man, 27th in, in dot or average depth of, that's, I guess, target for receivers, but average depth of how far he's throwing the ball off the line of scrimmage. If they open this up a little bit, he takes a little bit more risks, right? His numbers can go up. And last year, our big concern for Burrow and the Bengals was their offensive line. They came in last year, the Bengals, 28th offensive line. Now they're up to 17 on PFF, both preseason rankings, right? Added Orlando Brown at left tackle, phenomenal pass blocker. That's going to help on their blind side. Plus they added Irv Smith, um, more explosive than Hurst, I think. Sky's the limit this year for, for Joey B, man. I mean, if you're not worried about him from medical perspective, Tom, I'm all in. And if anybody gives you discounts, I think you take them. Next guy. Not going to see many discounts on a guy that's going fourth and fifth overall, but it's Cooper Cup. Uh, return to practice Monday, Tom. Hamstring injury. What are we looking at here? Reoccurrence rate. Is he, is he he's 30? Cooper Cup? 30. Right? We're getting a little bit yeah, up he's there. 30. But, okay. Uh, what do you got on Cooper Cup? Should we be concerned with him? At this point, all systems are looking good. I mean, we've seen, we've had some really nice videos coming out of Los Angeles of him ramping things up with some slowly jogging, then him really stressing a, a faster run last week. Everything looked good. Running mechanics looked sound. He didn't appear to be in any pain. And now we're getting reports that he's back to full practice and making plays as Cooper Cup does. He will carry a, a higher re-injury risk. We know that, especially uh, with it being the hamstring. We know that the medical data suggests that once a hamstring injury has occurred, that player is at a five times increased risk for a subsequent hamstring injury in that season. 
plus in being 30, that slows down healing, um, tissue, muscle tissue, elasticity, not quite as good as it used to be. So there's no doubt that there's some elevated injury risk here, but we also know that Cooper Cup is in the best medical hands with the Los Angeles Rams training staff, and that he's an incredibly hard worker. So that mitigates that risk to some degree. And uh, I think you just got to weigh, you know, the pros of his insane volume, insane production versus the cons of this being the injury that can sometimes rear its head again and again throughout the season, but not always. So um, me personally, I'll, I'll drop him in my rankings a little bit. I was originally taking him at 1-4. Now I'm probably waiting more like 1-8-ish. Um, I'm just, I, I'll, I'll take someone like Tyreek Hill barely over him at this point. Um, Bijan, I'll take him over him. Chubb, I'll take him over him at this point. But How I about think Diggs? Could, no, 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 definitely not. Okay. But I think we can still be confident in drafting Cooper Cup. Um, I personally just like to be safe with my first round pick. So blanket statement at the end, do you feel safe? I know you said you're sliding him down, but if you are in the seventh or eighth spot and you draft Cooper, yeah, Cup don't top, take him, take him. You're walking away happy. You're feeling, you're feeling okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, it's not crazy to think he can have 200 targets this year. Guy can have 200 targets. I mean, I think, and Stefania Bell talked about this in one of our previous episodes, that, yeah, he does have an injury history, but the position that he plays and the if you get targeted 200 times a game, you're taking hits, you're going up, you're coming down, you're all over the field. So when you put all that into perspective, he's actually been relatively healthy, Very right? Very durable. Um, yeah, durable guy. His pace last year, if you're worried about him slowing down, we all look at the age 30, but his pace last year, 2022, he was on pace to beat or be at, it was very close, to his 2021 pace, right? I think next year we start to maybe think about, we got to evaluate this year, see how things go. Maybe we'll start to talk about him elevating in age and slowing down, but no complaints from me. You take Cooper Cup, I think he's one of the real safe First round guys, um, you know, I might take again Bijan or Tyree Kill over him, but anybody that takes him mid first round, I don't think it's crazy at all. Pretty good pick. Next up, guy going a lot later. So we've got Traylon Burks of the Tennessee Titans, a sprained LCL, and looks like he's going to miss a few weeks. He was already going pretty cheap. Uh, now he's just going to go cheaper. But what do you think about Traylon Burks for the upcoming season, Tom? It, this is an odd injury to have in isolation. We usually see it with the ACL tear. That's typically when we hear about the LCLs with the ACL. So it's very odd that it's by itself. Um, I, I would expect him to be near ready to go week one, but maybe he'll come back week two or three. And I would expect a week or two of kind of getting things back together. But if we're thinking the full season, if if his ADP is sliding, then you're getting him at a bargain now because I don't really think this is going to negatively impact his long-term outlook. Again, this is such a hard tissue to injure on itself that I he's going to have to have some very unique way that he lands or gets hit to aggravate it without an event that would be enough to also injure an ACL, if that makes sense. So basically what right, I'm now, saying is... Sorry to interrupt you, Tom. This is, the LCL is usually one that it 
like you usually see like ACL, MCL, LCL. Like that's yeah. you. So does this, this might be a silly question, but does injuring this put you more, uh, make you more likely to hurt your ACL, MCL? Are they related at all? And that's a silly question or not, but it's, it's not a silly them? question. It's not a silly question to some degree. Yeah. But I think if you would have returned and played right away, then yeah. But we got to keep in mind the ACL is the primary passive stabilizer of the knee. So you could have deficiencies elsewhere. And as long as the ACL is intact, yeah, there's some increased risk for an ACL tear, but it's not like massive increased risk. Whereas if the ACL was, was gone, the there goes the primary passive stability of the knee. So every other tissue in the knee is now at way elevated risk of getting injured. Um, more so than it being in the reverse. So I'm I'm not super concerned about his long-term health here or even this season health outside of the couple, first couple of weeks of the season. But once he's back, I don't expect a dramatic re-injury, um, re-aggravation, elevation. So if you can get him at a discount because of this, I think that's a sneaky play. Already going to be discounted because he plays for the Titans, but <laughs> they should... Uh... This should further add to that discount. I, he's a guy, him and the next guy are guys that I'm having a hard time deciding on. Hopkins here now, so should take some attention away from him. But a run-heavy offense, still going to run Derrick Henry into the damn ground. Has the draft capital, though. He was picked, what, I think he was picked eight, 17th or 18th overall last season. Like, he has the draft capital. It's just so weird when you sit. It's actually perfect for the next player, Terry McLaurin, too. Like, you look at just amazing, like, NFL talents. And then are they relevant or is it worth it in fantasy? And Burks and McLaurin are guys that I think are special talents, but it just might not warrant a draft pick for me unless I'm seeing him really, really late. Um, I mean, he could have a high percentage of his team targets, but when your team is a run-heavy team, that number is already going to be down. I just don't see the huge upside. I don't know. I see he's a second-year guy. I see some other second-year guys with some upside that I really like or some rookies in that spot. But if you could get him real, real cheap again, you got to look at everything it costs. I'm kind of with you, Tom. You said what? Maybe back like two or three weeks. You said he should be full health. You think? Yeah, I don't think it'll be too long into the season. And he's a guy that you, you draft. You're not drafting him to start week one anyway. Fair enough. Okay. Next guy, we got a couple left. So it is Terry McLaurin, I believe. Was it turf toe? Turf toe, right? Yes. And he's day to day. Are we worried about that, Tom? I need I need your help big time with Terry here, man. I can't decide if I like him, if I don't his ADP. Talk to me, man. I don't know what to do. Turf toe can be a tricky one. Generally, if it's mild, like what his is reported as, it's it's okay. If it's a little bit more severe than that, that's when it really lingers all season long. But let's remember Calvin Ridley was dealing with this a few weeks ago and he's practicing in full, looking very explosive. Basically what this injury is, there's a number of tissues on the underside of your big toe. So that like pretty much if your foot's on the ground, they're contact, those tissues are basically contacting the floor with the skin, obviously there as well. And they get overstretched basically. So this injury occurs when your toe gets bent upwards aggressively, which is what happened with him. Um, and when we run or even just walk, the big toe has to extend upwards with running. It's up to about 90 degrees. And these tissues on the underside of it that are injured in the turf toe injury, they are responsible for preventing the big toe from continuing to just flop all over the place. And 
they help create a nice push off for walking or running, which is obviously critical for sprinting and cutting. So when there's a major injury here, that stability and that, that control is lost. And sometimes they'll, they'll need to undergo surgery when it's moderate and it's painful, still painful. It's going to affect running because you're not going to load through that big toe if it hurts. So he's, he's probably dealing with some pain now, but we're thinking it's mild. Um, Rivera said the MRI hardly even showed anything. So it tells us there's not a major tear. There's not a loss of the structure, structural stability or anything like that. So he just needs a couple of weeks to get the swelling down, the pain down, make sure that the range of motion and strength is adequate, and then he should be good to go. So another one that perhaps he may not be ready week one, and if he is, he may not be 100%, but by weeks two, three, he should be cooking again. Um, th- there will be a slight increased risk for re-injury. We know that this injury can be recurring. To me, at from what I'm hearing out of Washington, it's not enough to scare me away from drafting him. And just like we talked about with Burks ahead or, or before, if if this is scaring away your league mates, I think you can get him at a bargain. Like I've been seeing McLaurin going in round five before this injury. If he drops to six, seven, I'm all over that. You can. That's well said, Tom. You could sign me up for a fifth or, or sixth or seventh rounder for him, right? I mean you're not really worried injury perspective. I'm kind of worried for, you got to help me again. That was extremely helpful. I think right now, McLaurin, even with the small injury, he's going at wide receiver 24. It might be the fairest ADP. Might be the perfect ADP for him. Sometimes they get it right, wrong, whatever. But here's his, his finishes in his last four years. Last year, actually, surprisingly, Tom, wide receiver 14 last year. We'll take that. Half point PPR. Year before that, 25, 21, 27. Again, that 24 just seems perfect. And then I go back and forth. Like, he's probably a real-life top 10, top 12 wide receiver who really never got the chance to play with an awesome quarterback. Maybe Sam Howell. Sam Howell actually looked great, by the way, in that preseason. I like what I've seen from him. Look good. 19 for 25, 188, two touchdowns. Thing is, Dotson, let's talk about him. Dotson had seven targets to Terry's three. Did Terry get hurt in the game, Tom? Yes. Yes, he did. Okay. So that could have also put a hamper on I didn't or damper on that. I didn't actually see when he got hurt, but Dotson a lot of targets. So now I'm going back and forth too with this scenario with the with the commanders. Is Dotson going to eat tremendously into his target share? Because I think Dotson takes a major step this year. Or does Dotson help to open it up? I don't know the answer to that question. I think Antonio Gibson is going to be more involved in this offense. Um, what Curtis Samuel, I think, is still there. So I just go back and forth on taking him or not. I think he's a guy you walk up, you take him like fifth or sixth round, and no one in your league is like, wow, Terry McLaurin. It's just like, okay, I have Terry McLaurin on my team. I'm going to go he- sit down and continue to drink my beer and eat my burger, and he'll be my wide receiver too or flex guy. Like, There's nothing impressive about it, right? No, but, he's kind of like – um the other day when Jeff was on the show, we were ta- I was talking about how Miles Sanders is just like the most boring running back in the draft this year because the ceiling's not great, but the floor's comfortable. I think that's pretty pretty much McLaren. Yeah, fair enough. I, I do like dots. I mean, they're actually going around the same spot, so interesting to see uh, say how, how they'll pan out this year. Okay. Quick shout-out to our friends over at the Sleeper app. Do you like free money? 
For a limited time, Sleeper Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Go to sleeper.com slash promo slash fit or use promo code fit, F-I-T. That's sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. Devon Achain is week-to-week. He's the Miami running back with a shoulder injury. Now, he's tiny, Tom. I didn't even realize this. First off, they of course, they just still have a track team over there with Tyreek Hill and with Jalen Waddle. It's insane. Five foot nine, 180 pounds. Um, Achain, not really a workhorse type of back. He's a guy who can explode. Are we going to see explosions this year, Tom? Shoulder injury, not lower body, but what type of shoulder injury are we dealing with here? Yeah, they haven't disclose exactly what the injury was but we know that it's not super severe and we know that it's a shoulder injury and we have a very clear video of the mechanism of injury he basically landed right on the side of the shoulder which is a classic mechanism for an ac joint or an sc joint injury most commonly an ac joint injury and based off what they're saying that's really what it sounds like um So if we're going under the assumption that it's an AC joint injury, it's likely either it's likely a grade one since they think he's going to be out, you know, week to week, Um, possibly a grade two, but more likely grade one grade two would be more of a two to six week return to play. Definitely elevated re-injury risk from just understanding the mechanism of the injury and, and how a running back gets tackled often. But since 2017, in our data set on fantasyinjuryteam.com, we have nine running backs who have had an AC joint injury, and only one had a, a recurrent injury that same season. And in our sample size of 13 wide receivers, again, only one had a recurrence of that injury in the same season. The issue here is that A-Chain is probably the smallest out of any of those running backs in the sample size, and probably smallest out of the receivers, too. So he's going to have a harder time absorbing force when he gets hit, and he, that's going to inherently put him at a higher risk for any injury, but also a re-injury here. Um, is it a dramatic enough increased risk that you're not going to take him in the back of the draft anyway, where he was going? Probably not. And another one that you weren't going to start week one, weren't going to start week two, most likely. So the fact that he may not return till potential. I mean, it sounds like he'll probably be ready week one, but if he's not ready until week two or three, again, that's not playing into your strategy, your draft strategy whatsoever. So if we think of this holistically, I don't think we really need to be worried about this injury for redraft or even for dynasty. Um, it would be a different story if he was like an RB one, then maybe, you know, we're considering that he might not be ready for week one or two, but even still not a major long-term rest of the season uh, concern. And you said the reoccurrence rate is very low. Um, Play a little devil's advocate here that you actually made me think about this. So he might be healthy just about, you know, he's week to week and he might, might not have this injury again. It does worry me though, if he's not fully a hundred percent to start the year because he's a guy I think I could actually see the Dolphins. I mean, maybe not JT, but I could see them signing somebody and they still have Mostert. They still have Jeff Wilson. I think a chain was already going to be a guy that if he does break out this year and crushes ADP, if it would take four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. So now I'm just a little bit worried that maybe that timeline gets pushed back a little bit. You know, you expressed a little bit of concern. I don't know. I mean, he's, 
I just don't see the standalone value unless he really, really crushes these guys. And one more thing on him, Tom. I read up on him quite a bit earlier today, and they're comping him. Real, real big quiz for you here. They're comping him to a guy who played, oh gosh, like when we were in high school, like 10, 12 years ago, a very small running back. You might want to say Darren Sproles, not him. Um, he played for the Falcons. Sproles played for the Falcons. He might have. Yeah. Okay. It's not Michael uh, Turner, is it? Good guess. Michael Turner was a big boy, though. Yeah. Warwick Dunn. Remember that name? Oh, yeah. Oh, he was great. He was, he was great. awesome. Five. That's like his comp in terms of like a small guy can do it. But, um, you know, again, you're not really overly concerned. I'm just worried there's not enough standalone value. But if you take him real late and you go for it and, and we'll see, you know, how this backfield pans out, I do think they do love a good running back by committee here. But we'll see. He's still a good player for sure. Speaking of good players, this guy, man, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Bad news for him, but it looks like it could be worse. He had a slight fracture in his wrist, right? He's having surgery now, had it already, right? What's what's going on with JSN, Tom? Uh, wrist fracture with surgery, we know that. Um, when it comes to wrist fractures, there are certain bones and certain parts of the bone that could warrant a lengthy absence. Um, the scaphoid bone is usually the one that is an issue here. So if we think David Johnson from several years back, wrist fracture like week one, I believe, and he missed the rest of the season. Not the case with JSN here, clearly, if, the, if this is a, such a quick potential timeline. Pete's saying that he's going to be ready week one. I, you know, we can't listen to Pete Carroll. We, we know that we I'm can't listen to I'm just laughing at whenever you say Pete Carroll. It's just, it's just funny. Yeah, <laughs> that guy just <laughs> talks, man. <laughs> um, usually four to six weeks, uh, but I mean, we saw Tyler Lockett, different injury, but a hand fracture last year and only missed one game. That was pretty remarkable. Um, so I, but I, I'm gonna guess that this is gonna be more four to six weeks. So we'll probably see him miss at least week one, possibly week two. But once he's back, I expect no dip in production whatsoever. Upper body injury does not affect running, cutting, agility. And he's as soon as he gets his range of motion back in his hand, which shouldn't take more than a week or so, he should be able to catch just fine like he like he always does. But um, long term, this is not a concern whatsoever. Been dying just to talk about him because... Again, I dive into videos, Tom. Do you ever catch yourself on YouTube? Do you do that? Am I the only one who does that? Just YouTube JSN highlights. YouTube, now I'm going to go watch work done highlights. It just gets me excited for the football season. Like I'm, I watch sure. some of his highlights. It's just, go ahead, Tom. I'm sure you're not the only one, but I forget if I've told you this. I legitimately, legitimately did not know that people like used YouTube for anything other than how to do something videos and five minute movie clips until we started doing this a year ago. I swear I had 90 no, years old. I had YouTube no idea. Full movies on it. YouTube has everything ever. Are you kidding? Hey, I had no idea. I had, and now, now every time I'm at your house, we're watching Miss Rachel, who apparently is making millions of dollars <laughs> making little baby videos. Shout out to all the parents out there that know Miss Rachel. If you know, you know, but JSN, listen, it sucks. He's going to miss, maybe you said four to six from now. So, I mean, what you think, maybe two or three weeks, whatever that is, if that. We hope he's back. He's another guy, man. I've just been, again, dying to talk about him. 
if the discount's offered, I think his ADP is probably going to slide around. You might get him now, whereas before you might have targeted him in the sixth or seventh. He might go to the seventh or the eighth, even the ninth round. Those are times that you jump on him. I mean, as a player, every measurable JSN has was insane. He's a three-level threat, led the nation in so many categories last year. He has a always talk about this. I always talk about standalone value. He has it. Lockett doesn't command an extraordinary amount of targets, right? DK might, but he's going to be good with them there. If any of them go down, Lockett's a little bit older. DK Metcalf is a huge dude. I don't know if he's going to get hurt. Knock on wood. Hope he doesn't. But he's going to push them. If one of those those guys go down, he's going to be a low end, possibly a wide receiver one. Don't laugh at me. Don't call me crazy. It's true. He's that good. And Gino just got paid. It's wheels up for this team, man. The preseason game, JSM was three for 58 on three targets, like boom, 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 on one or two drives. And let's talk about this last thing, right? And God, I should have been an Ohio State fan in 2021. They're wide receivers, man. Insane. So stupid. So during that 2021 season at Ohio State, Chris Olave, 65 catches for 936. He's getting picked now in the third round. Great player. Garrett Wilson getting picked in the second round, who's tremendous. 70 catches for 1058. Being these two guys were 23, Olave and Garrett Wilson. JSN was 21 years old. He was two years younger than these guys, and he made these NFL studs look like his children. JSN, 95 catches for 1606. He almost doubled the amount of, amount of yards that Olave had. Like, insane. This guy is going to be the best of the best. He's so super talented. Sucks that he's going to miss a couple weeks, but I think he gets right going, and he could be a guy that either wins your league or crushes his ADP later in the year. All right. We got two uh, things to talk about. This one is not really injury news. Cue the violin, Tom, the sad music. Um, I really don't mean disrespect here, but Baker Mayfield has been named the starter for the Bucks. <laughs> I want it to be Kyle Trask. Not that I know that much about him. I just... My concerns, I did want to talk really quickly just about fantasy concerns here. I think this does impact the receivers. Of course it does. I think it impacts Mike Evans more because Evans is a guy we've seen been consistent as heck his whole career, going down the sideline, long passes, making tiptoe catches, sideline, whatever it is, deep balls. I think this does affect him because we've seen Baker be extremely ineffective in those uh, situations throughout his career. And I think Godwin doesn't benefit from it, but I think Godwin's ADP should maintain where Mike Evans' ADP should come down just a little bit. But just wanted to uh, express my concern and sadness for Baker Mayfield. I, I've rooted for the guy my whole my whole career. I just don't think he has what it takes. But I hope he proves me wrong. We'll see how this goes. And one other guy, Tom, got to talk one more time just about JT, about Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you talked about his injury last time, his ankle. We talked about his concerns. Uh, Given permission to seek a trade, didn't they give him a deadline or something? He's got like a day or two left. What do you? Until real quick, Tuesday, Tom, what are you, what are you think. thinking for JT here? What are you picking? Him? You're not right. Uh, no, I'm not picking him. I think they gave him until Tuesday. Uh, it's, it's a weird situation. I mean, it sounds like the ankle's still an issue, which if it is, that's a big red flag. Um, there's just too much uncertainty for me to pick JT this year. What? What's a good landing spot for him? Let me ask you this. I'll let you think about it for a sec. What's like the best real-life landing spot for him? And then what's like the best fantasy landing spot for him where you would want to pick him early? I'm still trying to think about mine. I probably should have thought about it before we got on the show. Um, 
What if well, he could, if he's healthy? Life, what, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, if he's actually healthy, I mean, I think the Eagles is a beautiful spot. Just that <laughs> okay, offensive okay, line. Of oh course, of course, the Eagles are. Yeah, yeah, but could you imagine him running behind that line? Plus, they have like less. Yeah. I think it's less than three million dollars invested in the backfield. So, for like a long term deal, that I mean, I don't know what the rest of their cap situation looks like, but that could be feasible. I think Miami is also a really nice spot. Um, just simply because they don't have a dominant force in that backfield at the moment. And if he's healthy, he instantly would be. I could see the Eagles probably not going to happen. I could see the Chiefs doing something crazy, grabbing him, the Dolphins, maybe. Somebody posted a TikTok, not on YouTube, Tom, because that's only for five-minute instruction videos. Somebody posted on on, on TikTok. The funniest landing spot would be like the Falcon. Like they did like the funny, like a funny list with Falcons. Yeah, imagine just straight the Falcons. Just, just ruined Bijan's rookie sure. year. And all my uh all my hopes and dreams won't come true. But poor Anthony Richardson, man. If you looked at their, I don't know if you've looked at, and this is gonna be a talk for another time because if JT does get traded, we gotta figure out who we're drafting from this backfield. But poor Anthony Richardson, man, like Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, Zach, uh Evan Hull, like Wide receiver, the only one that stands out that could catch a pass on this team is Michael Pittman. After him, it's Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, Isaiah McKenzie, Brashad Perryman, James Washington, Kylan Granson, Mo Alley. I mean, I, I almost feel bad for Anthony Richards at this point. That's, that's not what you want for a quarterback that is raw and needs to develop as a passer. Agreed. It's like Justin Fields from last year, just not giving him a, a, a much of a support, which is why I think Fields would be great this year. Okay. That does it for Around the League updates. Tom, we've got one lovely segment left, and I'll let you pronounce his name because I totally forgot what it is. What We're going to call this segment, ladies and gentlemen, He Was Number One. He was number one. What, Smitty who? Smitty Morbin Man Jensen. How could you forget that? He was number one. Okay, you have to, once we're done editing, put the SpongeBob thing in there. He He was was number number one. one. So what the heck is he was number one? Well, me and Tom will go back and forth. Tom, we'll do quarterback, running back, wide receiver. We'll go back and forth. How's that? Uh, Players that we think have a legit chance to finish, like Smitty, Werber, Hubba, Hubba, Number one. Werber, man, Jensen. Say it with me. Say it with me. Werber, man, Jensen. Werber, man, Jensen. The whole thing. Smitty. Smitty, Werber, man, Jensen. I'm going to go watch this episode tonight, Tom. (laughs) And I just also remembered that was the episode where it was the hat. It was like the (laughs) million dollar hat that Mr. Krabs, or somebody wants to go dig it up. Classic. Mr. Krabs, of course. Always Mr. (laughs) Krabs. Of course it's Mr. Krabs. (laughs) Okay. So guys that we think, and I try to be a little different, Tom. Like I'm not going to say Bijan is going to finish as one. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get a little different here. But you can go first, Tom. Let's start with quarterback, a guy who you think maybe not being drafted there, but could take that leap and, and potentially actually finish as the number one at his position. Yeah. So this year in February, we're going to be looking back and say that Trevor Lawrence was number one. So let's think about this. He's in year T-law, two, baby. All right. Year two in Doug Peterson's system. What was what happened with Carson Wentz in year two in Doug Peterson's system? He was the QB two. Before his ACL injury, he was absolutely crushing. But guess what? Lawrence is a better player than Carson Wentz ever was. I watched every single Carson Wentz Eagles game. He was great that year. Lawrence is a better player than him. 
You add in Calvin Ridley, who his last full season went for 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. Evan Ingram last year, 760 and four touchdowns. Christian Kirk, 1,108 touchdowns. Zay Jones as well, two pass-catching backs. And the team's going to be competitive, but not dominant. So I could see a lot of games this season that are just shootouts at the end of the game where Lawrence ends up with like 350 and four touchdowns. I think they're going to ask a lot of him this year to finish, to not just stay in games, but to finish them like he did in in that playoff game. Um, which, by the way, that was a that was a game that we may look back 15 years from now when Lawrence's career is done and be like, that's the game that he really became Trevor Lawrence. Like four interceptions down by 28 or something ridiculous to come back and win. Do you know what that does for his confidence for the rest of his career? Um, I really like Trevor this year. I can't. I got nothing else to even add to that. I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence guy. I think he's going QB seven, eight right now. I just picture Calvin Ridley and get happy <laughs> and get excited. Um, and by the way, listeners, that's a lot for Tom to say that somebody's better than Carson Wentz, by the way. Oh, Carson Wentz <laughs> stinks. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Nick Foles, maybe not. You wouldn't say that about him, but oh, all he's, right. he's the best. All right, I got a guy going right around the same ADP, seven or eight. And I don't even have, I'm usually a statistic guy. Don't have too many here. I just have a gut feeling. And I'm really in this year on Justin Herbert. I love his weapons. I absolutely love the addition of Quentin Johnston. I think Quentin Johnston gives this team an immediate uh, need. You know, they needed a guy who was a yak guy, a guy that can get open, you know, deep and across the middle of the field. Kellen Moore, though, is really Justin Herbert. As the offensive coordinator this year, Kellen Moore, so in his career, Kellen Moore as an OC, never finished outside the top two in neutral script passing pace. So this team will be up, they'll be down, they'll be tied. They're still going to throw the ball. I think they can easily this year, the Chargers and Herbert, lead the league in passing attempts. By the way, the guy who led the year or led the league in passing attempts last year was Tom Brady, which blew my mind, by the way. Herbert was second. He's probably going to lead the league again. Last year, Herbert was second in yards just behind Mahomes with 4,700. The only thing lacking was his touchdowns, and that's the least sticky statistic really in fantasy football. I could see that coming up a lot. He only had 25. We get this man 30, 35. Sky's the limit. Love Justin Herbert going to QB6. I think he's got a top three, four, if not that number one, finish in his back pocket. Tom, who you got at running back? So running back, I think a lot of people have him. I'm, I'm definitely not alone here, and I am planning on picking him before his ADP because I think he's just going to smash. It's the 27-year-old Nick Chubb. In the past five seasons, he's finished at running back 17, 18, or excuse me, 17, 8, 11, 13, and 6. In those same five years, his targets have been 29, 49, 18, 25, 37. The last four years, Kareem Hunt's targets were 44, 51, 27 in eight games, and 44. In Nick Chubb's career, he's caught 75% of his targets. He can catch the ball. He can be a receiving back, and now he finally should be in that position to be the third down back, the receiving back. 
He's 27 years old in his prime. He's only missed six games in his career. He has three seasons of playing every single game. This guy has as legit a shot of anyone to finish the running back one on the season. Also as a top three, four offensive line. I mean, I remember looking at his efficiency numbers and his elusive rating from last year, special numbers. We just need him. Like you said, Tom, catch a few more passes, catch a few more passes. That brings his floor up, brings his ceiling up. I think everybody loves Chubb this year. Chubb or Pollard, Tom? Chubb. Chubb. Okay. Is it close? Yes. Yes, it is. But I'm taking Chubb every time. If it's okay. a full PPR, then I would probably go Pollard. Fair enough. I think I would still take Chubb, but my guy to finish as the RB one, and I can really see it happening, is Tony Pollard. Listen, if you've listened to our show before, I don't. You know, I've talked about him extensively. I don't need to give you everything. I've already said my piece on him. But going at at, at number sixteen and RB seven, I have him as my three four guy. Was I'll, I'll go quick through the stuff since you've heard it. Tony Pollard, RB8 last year, playing less than 52% of the snaps. Bad backups, probably a top three talent at the position, still in his prime, in a great offense. Go on YouTube tonight, Tom. Watch Tony Pollard highlights. Get some popcorn. Enjoy yourself. It's the best. But people are cowards, and they won't pick Tony Pollard on their team because he hasn't done it yet for a whole season. right? Well, well that's going to separate me and hopefully you guys listening from the rest of the people. I don't care that he hasn't done it for a whole season. This guy is special. He can handle a big workload. Tony Pollard, I'm going to put damn money on this. I don't know what the odds are going to be. He's going to finish this year as the RB1. Tom, top that. Tell me a wide receiver who's going to finish the top one. I top will. Top one, actually. Number one. <laughs> number one. The number one wide receiver this year is going to be Garrett Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, his new best friend. You know he loves his 17s. In his, rookie, in his rookie season, Wilson finished as receiver 21, which for a rookie, that's that's fine. I'll take that all day. But let's talk about some of Aaron Rodgers' recent best friends. Devontae Adams, from 20, 2016 through 2021, finished at wide receiver 10, 14, 3, 3 in 12 games, 1. Oh, I'm sorry, 23 in 12 games, number 1 in 14 games, and number 2. Let's take it back a little bit further. Remember Jordy Nelson, one of my all-time favorites? 2011, finished as receiver 3. 2013, finished as receiver 12. 14, receiver 3. 16, receiver 1. Aaron Rodgers loves an elite wide receiver 1, and he will pepper him with targets up and down the field all season long, and Wilson is a good enough player to fill that role. So he will finish as the wide receiver one this year. I think the kids are saying that he's him, Tom. He is he, uh, Garrett Wilson is. Now, do you watch Hard Knocks? Are you watching Hard Knocks? So here's the thing. I don't have is HBO that, Is that ramping right up your excitement for him and for Rodgers? Because I know you love Rodgers. <laughs> I don't have HBO at the moment. So no, I'm not watching Hard Knocks. I would love to. Can I get your account info? Yeah, I'm using someone else's account. So let me talk to Devin. Shout out to Devin Mayer if you're listening. And I'll give you his account. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I actually just started watching today. Tremendous as always. All right. To finish our show, uh, this is a guy that you brought up. And I'm going to talk more, Tom, about cowards because I think a lot of people are being cowards with this guy. Devontae Adams is going to finish. This is probably, people are probably listening right now. Ew, that's not sexy at all. That's why it, That's why it's good, okay? A lot of people out there are picking Chase. 
uh, Amon Ra, fine. Garrett Wilson, yawn. You know, I've I've heard this. I've heard these. I've heard this, guys. People's concern. Ah, Jimmy G, man, a quarterback. He can't throw the deep ball. Guess what? Neither can Jared Stidham. Okay, you know what Adams did last year with Jared Stidham was his quarterback, and in Week 17, just Tell seven me. catches on 11 targets for 153 yards and two touchdowns. Tom, my 11-month-old daughter could throw Devontae Adams the ball. My dog Lola can. This water bottle can. You can. I anybody can throw Devontae Adams the ball, and he is elite. He dominates every every route on the route tree. Jimmy G is plenty capable. Okay, I wrote an entire article. If you remember last year, my first article for the fantasy injury team was about Adams. Title was different team, same talent. Right? People are worried about picking him. Doesn't have Rodgers anymore. What does Adams do last year? Wide receiver. Two guys. I don't know if people are realizing that Devontae Adams finished as the wide receiver two last year, averaging 1.1 point less than Justin Jefferson. Sick of the disrespect on Devontae Adams' name. Um, he had last year also, by the way, he had six top two finishes in weekly. Okay. Had 180 targets. Last three years, he, you want to hear his career finishes last three years in 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 overall wide receiver, whatever. One. Three, two, his last three finishes. Okay. Tom, what if what if Josh Jacobs holds out? It just means more targets, more eating. Jimmy G is capable. He's going to be fed. Now I'd love Garrett Wilson too. But I think Devontae Adams is the guy. I think he's going to finish as the wide receiver one. Tom, this was a fun segment. I love this. It. Was. I liked it. He was number one. Next week, maybe we'll do a tight ends or we'll get a little bit crazy and, and expand, but he was number one. Tom, you're number one. You're number one in my heart, and thank you for a, a great show today. And uh, anything to say? Just a goodbye? Um, goodbye. <laughs> follow Tom over on X. And, uh, guys, we, we seriously thank you, as always. Drop a like. Drop a follow. Give us a five-star rating. We are the Fantasy Injury Team. See you next time.